1: They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.
2: Jack Flaherty, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, really appreciate your time. And I know that uh, we, we've got a lot to get into, and I'm excited to get your insight on, on a very exciting uh, season to come for you and the Cardinals. Uh, But first, I'd love to talk to you about your work with the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, I know you just partnered with the Boys and Girls Club of L.A. to help organize a big toy drive this holiday season. I'd love to know what you're doing with them and and how well that went.
3: Um, You know, that was that was a fun thing to be a part of. You know, they were they allowed me to come in and um, you know, be a part of that event and be a part of their toy drive that, you know, the boys and girls club does a lot of things. I know we got involved with them a couple of years ago. We did a little book drive in St. Louis, um, and I've tried, you know, through COVID and whatnot to try to stay involved and try to do something. And then this was the first time I was able to get involved in, in one of their toy drives. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a crazy turnout, just the amount of people that, um, that, you know, that, that came through and we were able to hand out a bunch of different gifts and whatnot. And it was, uh, it, it was fun. You know, it, when, when you, when you get to the points that, you know, we get to in life and you can find ways to give back, it's, um, it's a lot of fun to just, to, to just try to be able to, 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 find different ways to do that. And, you know, we've been able to do uh, a, a decent job of that, still hoping to do more, but we've done a, a lot of that being involved with the boys and girls club and they've been, um, that, you know, just thanks to them for allowing me to be a part of it.
1: Like, to switch gears for a second, if you don't mind, going into your 2023 season for the Cardinals, this is obviously a big, important comeback season for you. Are you entering the season with any specific types of
3: goals? Uh, you know, I, I don't typically enter with specific goals. I It's one of those things where, I mean, there's there's no, like – you know, you just face I just face things head on. Like yeah, I was I didn't really pitch much last year and the year before that I dealt with the oblique and and my shoulder, but you know, going into this year things are feeling really good, feeling healthy. Um and that's just a good place for me to be at and it's it's fun to to feel good again going into the start of a season just, you know, last year was a was rough with the with the lockout and then dealing with different shoulder stuff all um the entire off season, but you know, this year, I mean, the the end goal is always to win a ring, and we've been in that position the last couple years uh, in terms of just at least making the playoffs. But you know, making we don't start out, we don't play 162 games just to make the playoffs and get there. The goal is to to win a ring, and you don't want to say, oh, maybe next year, maybe if we add this piece or that. It's no, we want to we want to go win a ring, and that's that's the that's the end all be all goal at the, the start of every season. And I've you know done enough. Watching in the playoffs the last two years, which is, which is sucked. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping to not, uh, not be, not be watching for the bullpen.
1: And, and, you know, you mentioned adding pieces and obviously you added Wilson Contreras, which is somebody you're probably going to be working with quite a bit. Um, what have those early, early conversations been like with him so far?
3: Uh, just getting to know him a little bit, you know, get like just hearing a little bit of, of, of you know, who he is and, and what he's like and talking to other guys who are, you know, different guys around the league to see you know how he is um, but just try to make him comfortable and then it'll it'll pick up more once once spring starts and, and try to make him just as comfortable as possible and try to make the transition real seamless um, you know I know he's going to do a good job with, with, with our staff our staff is you know we we prepare really really well um, and that's what we're going to do each, each and every time out try to make it you know we're, we're going to make each other's job as easy as possible because I know he's going to go out and prepare I know he's going to um, he's been ready to go for each and every game, so I'm looking forward to it. It'll, it'll be fun, you know. Uh, Yadi was, you know, he's obviously one of the best ever to to do what he does, and uh, but you know, will, Willie will be, uh, it's gonna be, it'll, it'll be new, but it'll be fun,
2: and obviously, this is is sort of the best kind of move for the Cardinals because <laughs> your roster gets you, know, you get this piece strong piece and the cubs lose a key piece of their fabric um how are you adjusting and any difficulty at all adjusting to the fact that you know now he's on the other side of the rivalry and you're sort of <laughs> regrouping for for a big 2023 against chicago
3: i mean it's good to have him on our side you know we've played against him enough he's uh he's a uh tough one to play against because he's not mean, he's a he's a really really good player um so it, it's good to have him on our side that's 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 pretty much the only way to, to think about it is, you know, he's got a, he's got a cannon back there. He works hard. He can swing it. So, you know, not having to pitch to him in, in that lineup is uh, is a plus and having him, having him on our side just just goes a long way. You're also
2: coming off a 2022 season where Paul Goldschmidt, uh, you know, captures the headlines and sort of, you know, takes his all-star persona and even levels up another level. Uh, what was it like watching him, you know, with that ridiculous 2022 output and, and how does he fit into this sort of tight Cardinals clubhouse?
3: You know, uh, last year was, I mean, him and him and no one like carried us offensively, not to say guys didn't do their parts, but you, when you have, you know, seasons like, like we had in the offensive seasons that those guys, you know, what they did offensively, it was, it was just special to watch and it was night in, night out. It was just like, okay, when, you know, he's going to do something, whether he's, you know, walking twice and getting on base twice, and maybe he's still in a base here, still in a base there if runners were on, it just felt like he was going to get a hit here. He was going to drive him in. He was going to do something. And 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 same thing with Nolan, but you know, what Goldie did was special and um, you know, good. It was just awesome to see him, you know, get the uh, award that he deserved winning the MVP. It was, it was special. He just day in, day out, the work that he put in and the way he goes about his business, just the attention to detail that he, that he, the amount of attention that he pays to detail, it, it just carries over to everybody else. Like you want to be a part, you want to be part of that. You want to, you want to work like he does. You want to work like Nolan does. You want to just make sure you're as prepared because you know how much work those guys are putting in. So you want to make sure you're on the same page. You're on, you're on the same like type of level that they are, especially with as talented as they are. It just, it carries over to everybody else.
1: Yeah. And along those same lines, I'm sure you could probably say the same thing about being around Yadier Molina and then also Albert pools last year for pools and, basically your entire career for Molina. How different is it going to be without those guys there?
3: I think uh, it'll definitely be different without Yadi. You know, Albert was here for a year and it, he had a huge impact on everybody. Uh, unbelievable guy to have around being, being in the clubhouse um, just helping young hitters. You could see it from day one, From day one, when he came into um, when he showed up at spring and he came out and was in the dugout. He's you know talking to the young guys, helping them, trying to, do little things here and there, but it'll be really different without, it'll just be, I don't know about like, I don't know how it's going to be, but it's, it'll be weird to not having Yadi in there. He just is a presence. Like he may not say a lot all the time, but just, you know, who he is and how special he is. Um, he, he's, he commands everything, especially on the field. Like he runs the entire game, runs the pitching staff, does it all. So, It'll be different not having him, but, you know, we we, we still got Wayne around and, and he's uh he's he's been a big piece and, and always, always will be.
1: Yeah. And, and speaking of Wayne, right. Like what's he what's he meant to your career? Because you've been around him since day one, since you
3: got. Yeah. My, my rookie year, you know, I come up, make six starts. And, then, you know, he sat down with me for two hours after the last game of the season to just talk about whatever question I had. And we stayed in there until they kicked us out of the clubhouse. And it's the last day of the season. He wants to go home to his family. We lost. We we didn't make the playoffs. And, you know, that guy is just completely unselfish. He's got an incredible work ethic. He wants to get better himself, but he wants you to get better as well. So he's pushing you to do certain things. He's looking out for this or that. He's trying to help you um, in terms of, like, you know, your pitches or execution or or whatnot, but he also he keeps you accountable. You know, you may think that, you know, over the course of the game you're executing certain pitches or that, you know, you you put this ball where where it needed to and he's checking you on that and being like, well, let's actually look at it. And you go look at it and he's like, this is where it was. It wasn't where you thought it was. And um, so he just, he is continuous, continuing to just help and then give you his, you know, his thoughts, his insight, his wisdom on to, you know, when you get into big starts or big moments and just how to, how to control yourself and, and working that way.
0: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones
2: like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, Um, well, I, I wanted to give some extra love to Nolan because I just, uh, you mentioned him earlier when we were talking about Goldie and he's equally ridiculous. Ha- have you ever seen a better defensive third baseman than Nolan Arenado? And if so, on what planet?
3: Uh, I haven't, no. He's he's ridiculous. I mean, you know, and we had Tommy there in, in 19 and, and 20. It was, it, was, it was really good. And then you bring Nolan in in 21 and just some of the balls, like, that are hit, you're kind of like, oh, okay, that's that's a hit, or like, you know, you just kind of you get a little frustrated, especially if it's you know softly hit or just placed in a certain way. And now it's like goes over there, and you get surprised sometimes. You're like, damn, you really made that play. Like that was fun to watch. And, and him and Goldie together as a, as a tandem because you know they they Goldie will pick him up sometimes on on some throws, but the balls that he fields, the balls he gets to every every time he every time the balls hit that way. You know, now it's almost an expectation. Like he's gonna he's gonna make that play. So it's uh it's fun. It's fun to, to play play behind. Or it's fun to have him play behind me and, and just know that hey, you hit the ball on the left side, like it's not really where you wanna hit it.
2: On a, on a bit of a more serious note, um, you, you mentioned the 2020 offseason uh, and the lockout offseason a little bit earlier. Um, and so during that offseason and while we were dealing with the lockout, you were definitely one of the more outspoken players. And and this was a different kind of lockout, right, <clears throat> where for the first time, fans were really able to hear from the players directly. You know, the the discourse changed a little bit. Um, were you ultimately satisfied with the agreement and, and what do you still have your eyes on accomplishing the next time the CBA expires?
3: Um, you know, it was nice to, to get an agreement done. There was just a lot that that kept going on and on. And, um, you know, there was some messages that were lost in it, um, just in terms that, you know, you you could see the way that the, the, some of the media was handled and the way that, um, the way that things went, but, you know, it, it was just a long process and something, one thing that you'd like to have is you'd like to be able to work together and not feel like both sides are in complete opposition because then they were just trying to put the best product on the field and that's something that we want to be able to do and be able to work with um, from players side, working with MLB instead of feeling like we're working against each other to, um, you know, for one side to win or the other side to win instead of like if we can you know, figure this out where everybody wins together, that's, that's ideally where you want to be. But, you know, it was just uh, a long process, a lot of phone calls, a lot of meetings. And it was just, it it was, it was nice to finally get done and get back to playing baseball.
1: Yeah. And and on a lighter note, um, you wrote in the player's tribute, and I want to say it was in 2020 about Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant and what he's meant for you. Um, Like, I was wondering if you could kind of go into what he has meant for you. Um, cause obviously he seems like
3: he's had a pretty big impact on you. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's just that, that athlete that when you look at, you know, I think growing up in LA, like I like Jeter is my favorite athlete ever. He, you know, it's, that kind of goes under the radar, like just cause of how much I, you know, put out for, Cobe and, and and what he was, especially growing up in LA. And just when you look at athletes in that time, you know, I think a lot of people, even in, you know, obviously in that sport in basketball, looked up to him, still look up to him. And some of it was the work ethic, some of it was his outlook, some of it was, you know, people wanted us to talk about that mama mentality and whatnot. But it's just, it's so much different than than that it was it was just about the the ideas of being able to do everything you can to you know each and every day to just get a little bit better just to get better you know from one day to the next or one hour to the next and continue to do everything that you possibly can or everything that is involved in your life making sure that it's furthering you forward and if you just you know you you listen to his interviews or you listen to the way that he talked or the way that you know interviews he did post-career um he really just like that. He he did everything he possibly could. And at the end of the day, if you do everything you possibly can, then you're going to be better at night. And at the end of the day, you're going to look back at the end of your career and be like, I did everything I possibly could. There's nothing. I can't have a single regret. I can't be like, Oh, I wish I had done this more. I wish I had done that. Um, and that's when he talks about, he talks about that with the movie Rudy. Like, you know, he's like, that became his favorite movie because he felt that if he just could work that hard and day in, day out, like at the end of it, like, like I said, at the end of it, it it was just going to be that he or anybody, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to feel better at the end of the day. If you you do everything you possibly can, you're not going to have any regrets of I wish I did this more. I wish I did that.
2: Awesome. Um, And I know that, you know, you, you've channeled that mama mentality in, in your life and your career. I know you have your own brand, though, called Don't Think. Uh, and I hear that you're launching a new line and a program this spring. I would love to know more about your mentality behind that and, and the things that come there from your own brand.
3: Yeah, so that started um, prior to 2017. I was just um, going through and um, thinking about, you know, I had a rough, uh, right. I didn't have a great 2016 season in, in a ball and I had to figure out, you know, what made me the player that I was and, you know, why did I, why did I get drafted where I was? Where did my confidence come from? What kind of player did I want to be? What made me good? And I kind of came out and developed and, you know, developed that into don't think and figuring that part out and for me it was you know how what's it like when I'm going good when I'm pitching well if I was pitching well in high school it was going through my head and there was like the, the common answer the common theme was that, that nothing was going through my head it was just being locked in into a zone and being able to just be, be right here but also be able to see the whole picture and be able to know everything that's going on you know whether it's runners being on, what the situation is, who's hitting and whatnot, but but being locked in into a zone where things aren't being – I'm not overthinking anything. And for me, I just get into that zone where it's just like we're locked in on what's going on in front of me. And so for me, don't think is where I'm at when I can be in this, you know, what they call the zone. So that's where that came from. That's where that started. And the more times that I can get to that, the more times I can get to that space. And sometimes it doesn't – you know – sometimes in the you have to be able to go from being in the dugout because you that's that's where you do your processing you go over the last inning you go over the little bit you figure out you know what, what's going on in the game where are we at in the situation um and you go through all that and you get out to the mound and then you you step onto that you step onto the dirt and you step on the mound and that's where all thought goes away if you've done your preparation if you've done your work if you've done everything you possibly can now it's just about competing you know it's about trying to be in that flow state or be in that zone and that's that's where it came from and that's that's really um about where that came from and how that developed and how that started into turning into you know turning into a little bit of a brand and and, and trying to you know figure out you know still trying to figure out where we're gonna go from there but it was that's that's the idea behind don't think
2: Awesome, uh, and that flow state is is obviously so important, and and uh, you know, we, I, I felt that in in our line of work, but obviously, you know, it's, it's different when you're humming along on the mound. Um, that that's awesome to hear. Um, and you, you mentioned uh, your early days and and getting in that zone, like at a young age, and and realizing that mentality was, you know, the befitting. Uh, you went to high school with. Max Freed with Lucas Giolito. We spoke to Lucas a, a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he told us a story about a time he broke Max's nose with a pitch. Uh, do you remember this? Where were you when this went down?
3: Yeah, that's. Oh man, yeah, I was. We did a we did a little inner squad, and they were both pitching that day. Um, Max was pitching. Lucas was pitching. And at that time, Lucas could get a little um, erratic. He was throwing 95 to 100 as a senior in high school. And I was playing shortstop. And, uh, you know, I was a sophomore. And one pitch got away. And you weren't really sure if it hit him. Like in, in in the very split second, you saw a pitch go away, go up and in. And it went to the backstop, but you weren't really sure if it hit him because you're like, okay, well, it probably would have gone another direction. You just – you can just hear Max go, my nose, my nose, like – and, like, holding it, and then you could see him pull his hand away, and there's just blood coming out. And you're like, all right, this probably isn't really good. Um, and he just, like, couldn't feel anything on the – like, his nose, he couldn't feel anything. Uh, it was – it was one of those things that was just like, this can't be real. Like, there's no way. And he comes, I think he came to school the next day, obviously, like, all bruised up in here, like, every, like, his day. it, like, grazed the tip of his, it grazed his nose. Thankfully, it didn't hit anything more than that. But he's all bruised up in here and had all of that going on. So he tucked it out. I mean, it, to take whatever it was, 95, 96, 97 off the nose and, you know, come in and, you know, not at, you, know, you could obviously see something happen, but he, he toughed it out. He was he, he walked off the field like holding his nose, sat in the dugout until they uh they got him out of there. And then the hardest part was that it you know, it was like, okay, I guess we gotta continue practice. It was that's that's how it was. Max Max toughed it out. Like he didn't go down, he didn't like he stayed up and like all props to him. He's that's a tough dude. And then it was I remember going to talk to to lucas because i was like we had to somehow like that's a that's a crazy feeling when like not a good one but you just like when you hit somebody especially you know neck and up and especially your friend like in that situation in high school like you just feel weird and so trying to get him back to normal where we continue practice because it was like you know he had to get back on the mound. And I was just like, I'm really glad I'm not the next guy up right now because I that's a that's a tough thing, and it's tough for him, but we continued on with practice, went about business as usual. Max was all right, and uh,
1: now we're here. He didn't have to wear like that Rip Hamilton face mask where that with the Pistons, did he? I...
3: No, he didn't have to wear it at school, but he did. He did wear a mask the rest of the year when he hit. He did have to, he did wear like, you know, like you would wear in Little League. Uh, He did, he did wear one of those the rest of the year. This was before like the flaps were a thing. So he wore a mask just like uh, he had to as a precautionary thing. Because otherwise if he got another one off the nose, it just,
1: yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I was curious about that. But like on a lighter note, there's a little birdie told me you played a mean shortstop uh, back in the day. Was there ever a time where you thought, like, that you could possibly make the majors as a shortstop? And do you ever have any wishes or hopes of um, even getting in that bat today, or do you just not want to step in into the batter's box at all?
3: Well, so when you ask about anybody that would have rivaled Nolan, the only person would I would have taken myself um, for sure. I I for sure would have put myself up against up against Nolan. I can't say that today, but. (laughs) If you were to put anybody else up there against them, you know, you've got guys like Chapman and, and Machado in them, and them and they're unbelievable. I would have put myself in that category because um, I thought it was pretty damn good. Now I didn't hit very well my senior year. There's was um, a lot of stuff going on, but my entire life I grew up and I was I was I was a shortstop. Um probably the <laughs> I I told my high school coach this before. I was like, I don't understand. He he put me at third to protect my arm and you know for team continuity because he was like I was gonna go back and forth between pitching and whatnot, and he didn't want to rotate the shortstop. And I was like, oh, I could have played. I would have played short, but I played third, and I was pretty dang good at it. Um, but I was really I could I could play short, and I mean I, obviously like. Going into my, I mean, I I did the whole summer circuit going into my senior year as a position player. I didn't, I pitched only for Team USA, All American game. I played, I played third base. I played shortstop. They like rotated us around, um, but for sure. And even up until like, you know, we had a had a couple conversations, and it was like, yeah, it's maybe you know, 50-50 going into the year, and then you know, and I start throwing. Ninety four, ninety five, with four pitches, it was like okay, like, kind of gonna make you pitch here, and my agent told me that, and you know I came around to it, but you know I could, I could really, the only thing I didn't do was I didn't hit for, I didn't hit for power, like, but I could run, I could field, I could throw, I could do all of that, I just didn't hit for power, and uh, but I always, always thought, I mean nowadays it, like, yeah, I would would love for us to continue hitting. I wish it was something we could do more consistently because everybody wants to give crap to pitchers because we can't hit and this and that. I mean, we have, we get the same run. We get less at bats than a pinch hitter does or over the course of a year. And we hit once every five days. And usually one of those at bats were bunning. and we're like, what do you, what do you want from us? We never see pitching, but um, I think I'll pass because uh, that's what, that's what led to my one ob- led to my oblique injury. So, I'm fine with the DH now because that, that cost me a lot of time.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. And I'm so that what you're saying is then you're not going to be like the, the next Shohei Otani or it's hitting 50 bombs. And then
3: I mean, I think there's only there's really only going to be one Shohei, but it, it would have been interesting if getting drafted if if I was if I did both. Um, it would have been fun. It would have been fun going to the minor leagues. You know, pitching and then and hitting and maybe playing a position. I think that would have been a lot of fun to to see if I could do it. Obviously, I'm gonna have the, the I'm gonna say that I could. I don't know if I would have been would have ended up being Shohei, but I'd like to think that I would have been able to do both. Um, yeah, I mean, there was still there was times this year we were we were up a couple. Where we would look down at the other bench and be like, we would ask hey, let me let's see if you need a pinch hitter today because. We'll figure it out. We haven't seen pitching in a while, but you know, we'll get in there and get it done.
2: I know, uh I know growing up in LA, obviously coming back to Dodger Stadium with the Cardinals has some special meaning to you. Uh, but is there any other road stadium that you sort of you love to just shut that crowd up? Like are, are there any road crowds that you just love to silence?
3: Uh I think that's one of my favorite starts was in Chicago in twenty nineteen. One of the best starts I've had in September, started a four game sweep. They're very. I mean, it's fun for us to go play there because they're very into it. They're very, you know, they get loud. They they got a lot to say, and it's fun. It's a fun environment to go play. Anytime you go play on the road, it's usually a fun environment because usually, even if it's you know not you know super packed or whatnot, it's it's different being on the road, like being in somebody else's uh, uh, city. They you know they get their walk up music and everything. Their fans are behind them. And it's always fun going into to tough atmospheres um, like that. I didn't pitch in Boston, but Boston was fun to go to this year. Um, you know, i don't I don't have a, I've had some good, some bad, and some of my worst starts in Milwaukee. I've had some pretty good ones in Milwaukee, but that's always it's always a fun matchup just with that team and then going into that city too, because um, i mean they've they've got me a, a handful of times. It's, it's fun to pitch in come pitch in LA just a different atmosphere but anytime you go on the road it's 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 usually one of those things that can might be able to make make some people uncomfortable just being in a not being at home but those are those are some of the most fun times
2: and Jack I'll I'll let you go after this uh spring training closer than most people think uh we're, we're approaching we're approaching departure date are there any Cardinals that we should be keeping our eyes on and maybe some breakout players who most of America doesn't know yet who are ready to to really take that next step? Who should we be watching?
3: I mean, I think you have seen some guys kind of take off in the last couple of years. I mean, last year, Donnie, Brennan Donovan was, was a guy. Newt is going to take another step this year. He was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, is going to bounce back. He He's dealt with a couple injuries over – over the last year, um, year, two years. So he's going to bounce back. He's, he's a, he's a guy when he's, when he's right, he's going well and he's healthy. He's, he's awesome. Uh, But across the board, I mean, Tommy Edmonds one of the, the best defenders in baseball. Like it's, he plays all over the place. He's unbelievable. Whether you put him at short second, um, I don't know. He might have played third this year at some point. He's played the outfield, but he can do it everywhere. And he can run. I think he stole thirty something bags last year. Um, he's a he's a stud. And then uh, you know, um, we'll see. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk around Walker and whatnot. I don't know what ends up happening there but with with Jordan Walker and uh, but him and him and Mason Wynn are studs. Um, you know rehabbed a lot with 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 those guys this year. those guys are both studs and uh, you know' we'll, we'll see what happens there but we, we just got guys up and down uh, in the outfield and uh, we got you know, guys up and down in the outfield and in the infield we got arms like we just we got a lot of guys who can really throw it um you know our rotations our rotation um, you know Hell's was unbelievable last year Hicks Hicks he'll be back. And he's, I mean, he's got one of those special arms that we've ever seen. So, yeah, I mean, if you go up and down our roster of of guys that you know, like break out or just take another step, but you know, you look at guys like Donnie, you look at Newt, you know, Carlson, uh, T.O. bouncing back, Tommy, um, and then you got our staple guys, and then you know, add Willie this year, and then you get our our guys in uh, Nolan and Goldie. It's just you know, we got all the pieces there
2: when you put it that way uh it sounds hard to bet against you jack uh man thanks so much for joining us um i know everyone can follow you on instagram at J flair is there anything else you'd like to promote
3: man no just thank you guys for uh for having me let's go it'll be a fun year
2: awesome thanks so much man really appreciate it
3: thank you so much absolutely thank you guys